Hello and welcome to This Dangerous Podcast. Did you just sniff your socks? What? Did you just sniff your socks? I might have just sniffed my socks. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. uh, should we start again? <laughs> I've only been, I was only wearing them for like an hour. No, no, it's just funny. I know, but I like it. was just funny. I would have done the same. It was just funny. <laughs> I do sometimes sniff my socks. Now, so really, now you made me really self-conscious. Like, Sorry. You made me really just, self-conscious. Like it was just funny. You just said... Girl. And then sort of flung it <laughs> Well, you're just lucky that socks are the only thing that I'm taking. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right, should we kick off? All right. <laughs> Okay, hello and welcome to This Dangerous Podcast. Hello. My name is Johnny Maunders. And I'm Maya Wakefield. This is episode five, I believe, of This Dangerous Podcast. Yeah, our first our first one where we're not in the same room together, where we're not intimate. We are in quarantine. This is, yeah, this, this is dangerous times for This Dangerous Podcast. We've entered the quarantine season, special edition, quarantine special edition, volume, or episode yeah. one. Dun, dun, dun. Recorded from inside the dome. Um, uh-uh. Yeah, it feels very weird. It does feel very strange. It's um, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Obviously, we didn't have an episode last week. Um, my natural instinct was, how are we going to do this? But we we think we found a way. Um, we'll see how this goes, and. We hope you like it and obviously give give us a bit of patience because you know obviously we'd like to be recording with each other and in the uh um in our studio studio. yeah and so obviously be patient with us and that's it really so like where where are you where are you recording from Mark? let's let's perhaps we we should share that with our listeners tottenham recording from tottenham yeah and you I'm recording from leafy West Sussex. Oh, nice. Well, at least the joys of technology do bring us together. Exactly. Well, this is... From these disparate lands. Exactly. Technology <laughs> internet will bring us all together. Okay, should we um, kick off? Yeah, I want to I wanna know your dangerous person of the week, Johnny. My dangerous person of the week, which is probably not that much of a surprise to people. My dangerous person of the week is, of course... Boris, or as I like to affectionately call him, Bodice uh, Johnson. Um, he I wonder why. Got, yeah, exactly. He has got coronavirus. Um, he, three weeks ago, um, was suggesting that we should let the virus sweep through the country. And now... Take it on the chin. Exactly, take it on the chin. And now... He has got the virus. Uh, Matt Hancock as well, the health secretary, has got it. And it's it just completely flies in the face of everything. I remember I remember on our first ever episode, Maya, me telling you that Matt Hancock would, I remember. Person or would be in danger because he said that this isn't going to you know, be that dangerous. It wouldn't have much of an effect. You um, called it. Yeah, exactly. I'm a genius. I'm the Nostradamus of coronavirus. Um, <laughs> you actually are. And, <laughs> and yeah and it's i was proved right and boris has now got it 
And also this comes after, I think at that time, he was also boasting about sort of shaking people's hands like normal. In the press um, conference about it. Exactly. And he um, basically it just looks very silly now. And also begs the question of how many people he possibly may have infected um, since he contracted the virus. Um, at a minimum, it must be about 50. Exactly. Uh, all the press conferences, all the cabinet meetings, it's, you know, and also, um, Matt, as I said, Matt Hancock has contracted it. I believe Chris Whitty has contracted it, uh, who's the kind of lead scientist or scientific advisor to the government. And it's, it's crazy. And so, you know, this idea that, that they know what they're doing completely, you know, com completely revealed. Well, obviously, it's been revealed anyway, but, you know, even more now, em even more kind of emphasised by the fact that they, they're all contracting it themselves. Except for Dominic Cummings, we don't know yet. He was he was spotted running running out of Downing Street yesterday. You sent me that, yeah. Oh. The the problem with um, Dominic Cummings is how would you tell the difference? <laughs> what so, is he always coughing and spluttering or what? I don't know, but he just always looks kind of sickly and kind of. I should imagine he's always always kind of foaming from the mouth. Um, this is true. The likelihood of him having it is probably quite high, I would say. Yeah, exactly. If he's working in close in close quarters with Boris, as I'm sure he is, holding the puppet strings, then I think it's I think it's highly likely that Cummings has got it as well. Maybe that's why he was running yesterday. Um, maybe someone offered to test him. And <laughs> yeah. Also, this week it was the Prince Charles also had it, wasn't it? And yeah, maybe he was running down to Buckingham Palace to get a test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe he was trying to steal steal Prince Charles's test. And so, so quite a lot of the kind of high and mighty of, of the British establishment have contracted coronavirus and I'm certainly, have, almost certainly, have spread it. It was quite funny. I was watching a TV show the other day and they were referring to Prince Charles as a super spreader, which was brilliant. Like Prince Charles, super spreader, um, the debut album. Uh, it sounds phenomenal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to say you called it so ago and I was very sort of um, naive about how dangerous coronavirus was going to be um, and exactly it's, it's basically it's basically now the whole kind of tenet of our of our podcast yeah well six weeks ago when we started this the world was certainly uh, a dangerous place but it seems certainly that in the western hemisphere that danger has, has grown exponentially really um and yeah actually obviously there's a massive well yeah, overall it's a very sad and disturbing crisis uh, obviously we shouldn't forget that but at the same time it's really exposed you know there's um there was a good quote from someone that's why it's like an old sort of biblical phrase or something but it says in dark times the eyes begin to see and i thought sort of shows how this crisis has brought so much into the light of um, how our society was structured in, in so many um, crazy um, ways for profit rather than for the people living on the planet. Definitely, definitely. So who's, so who's your most dangerous person of the week? Yeah, well, that brings me on nicely to that. Um, Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man, owner of Amazon, 
um, which is in some ways providing a crucial service at this time. But he, on just days before, just days before the big COVID nineteen crash, sold uh, four point three billion pound worth of his stock, and waited for the waited for the recovery and brought it back up again. I'm just going to read a quick quote from the from the newspaper. Um, which says here, it says, there is no suggestion that Bezos acted improperly by selling the shares or that he was acting on non-public information about the impact of the pandemic. But his timing was near perfect. Hmm. I wonder exactly. why. <laughs> yeah, so the world's richest man has made himself a lot richer this week off the back, basically profiteering off a crisis. Meanwhile, um, a lot of his staff are working in warehouses without masks, without proper PPE. And um, also they set up this fund for, I don't know, I think it's for Amazon staff. And they asked the public to donate to this fund for Amazon staff. This is a company run by the world's richest man. And they're asking the public to donate to bail out their staff. Um, you know, this whole, well, this week in particular, I think it showed up a lot of dangerous bell ends. Dangerous Definitely. Which, um, of which Jeff Bezos is high ranking in the Bellendus uh, category. Shout out, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so where's your dangerous place, Johnny? Okay, I'm. there were several choices for me here. I'm going to say Weatherspoons. Dangerous yes. place of the week. And it, was it was a toss-up between <laughs> toss up Spoons and Sports Direct. <laughs> um, the reason I picked Weatherspoons is in the light of the complete shutdown that Boris announced on Monday, Tim Martin, the uh, head honcho of Weatherspoons, the owner of Weatherspoons, basically said that he was not going to pay any of his staff um, until he received money from the government, basically, until he uh, received money from the government to pay them. And so he basically wrote, um, I think he made a video to his staff where he's drinking. He's got a drink in one hand, and then, and then he's telling them, well, why don't you go and get a job at the supermarket? And basically telling them they're not going to get paid until the government sort this out, which is absolutely disgusting. And lots of Weatherspoon staff rallied and um, criticised him naturally and, you know, and um, opposed it. In the end, he had to buckle to pressure from the media and back down and said that he would, would pay his staff. Um, and obviously, we've seen similar, like, again, on the kind of Belen scale, <laughs> scale of magnitude. Um, <laughs> He, he is obviously up there, as is Mike Ashley, Fat Ashley, yeah. um, who initially initially decided to keep Sports Direct open during his time because it was, in his words, you know, essential or key. <laughs> uh, key you word couldn't make it up. Exactly. And not only did they do that, he also raised a lot of the prices for um, sports equipment. Just like, a bit like Jeff Bezos, it's like, well, you know, how much money can I make out of? out of the coronavirus. It's absolutely disgusting. It's putrid. And, you know, people like Tim Martin and, and Mike Ashley, you know, really need to take a look at themselves. And I think, and I've seen this said 
elsewhere, but I really, really hope that people remember this. Mm. And when things come back to normal, if they ever do, don't go back to normal, they will, you know, let people like Mike Ashley and Tim Martin know how they feel in, you know, un in, in no uncertain terms. Because we like, we like a drink at Weatherspoons, but I don't think when this finishes, we, I don't think we can really go back there, to be honest, can we? No, exactly. I, I'm a form, technically, I'm a former Weatherspoons employee. And um, so, and, and I know for a fact that uh, Tim Martin is a particularly great employer. So, um, you know, it's, it's just awful. So, yeah, I think we will be refusing to go to Weatherspoons. I guess we've also got to shout out the um, Bakers Union. True. Yeah, definitely. We've got to shout out the Bakers Union. Because they organised a big sort of campaign very quickly. They sort of hit back, didn't they? They did. Um, they did. And also, I think one of the plus positives about all of this is that that perhaps because people aren't at work or they're not sort of, they've got a bit more free time. People are, people to me seem a lot quicker to like to show solidarity with, with other people and to get involved in sort of with struggles, even if it's just online struggles or online solidarity, it all counts. Definitely. And I've, that moment on, uh, I think it was Thursday, wasn't it? Definitely losing track of days, but when everyone came out and clapped uh, yeah. for the NHS carers and, and workers and staff was just... And that, and that was incredible and, and all up and down the country um 8 p.m on thursday even in you know really small towns and i think my grandparents in wales they were still they were doing it in a, in a remote town um so it's you know it's fantastic and it actually really shows you the other end of it that's the other side people really uh, felt it as well i think that anyone who you know was there and sort of listening or i don't know it was just a moment of of unity which exactly are all too lacking really in, in modern Britain. So it was, a, it was a really beautiful, moving moment. If, if you're listening, Boris, try privatising our NHS after all of this. <laughs> he will. He'll try some backdoor method. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so where is your most dangerous place of the week? Well, I'm going for tax havens. There's a very uh, good article come up that put round uh, from the Tax Justice Network talking about how much money is in tax havens that could be used to sort of um well at least ease or yeah ease the crisis essentially uh, on on many different levels from healthcare to jobs to um you know sort of universal income there's estimated to be uh, up to 35 trillion dollars sitting in tax havens um in uh, across the world mainly in a sort of network of islands that really do uh you know centrally connected by the united kingdom um, so our country is very much a hub um, of the whole tax haven industry and you know corporations put, uh, and individuals put in huge sums of money um, tucked away in tax havens um, essentially just completely useless just sitting there uh, gathering more wealth while you know the bottom falls out of the economy and people are in desperate need of decent public healthcare services so I'm going off to the wealthy this week. I've had enough. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I've had, had enough. enough. Um, exactly. Yeah, so I just think it just highlights this whole crisis, as with so many other things, just highlights the bonkersness of tax havens and the ludicrous amounts of money that have siphoned off into them, which could be doing so much for the public good. Definitely. 
completely agree with that. And like you said, you know, we are, we are, we do seem to be a bit pissed off with the mega rich at the moment, but with good reason. And, you know, as we've seen from, from my thing that, you know, the rich, rich, a lot of the rich in, the, in this planet, not just this country, on this planet, are not doing enough. No. And they could no. be doing something. Well, they're just not doing anything at all. And also a lot of these bailouts, particularly the bailout in America, is actually handing them, is actually handing the wealthiest and the landlords in society, like tons and tons of like um, tax relief on, on massive real estate projects and stuff like that. Yeah, and exactly. Actually not benefiting ordinary people at all. So, so um, yeah, it's when you're sitting indoors and you can't, I don't know, this can be very, like when I read that thing about Jeff Bezos last night, I just, yeah, just and there's nowhere to there's nowhere to vent the rage, so no, exactly, exactly. So we're only via only via online conference calls, <laughs> which don't quite have the I don't know. It's it's difficult to feel to feel that you can really vent rage against your own laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people have. Yeah, I'm did sure. You, did you see have. that video with that uh, woman that was on like a business call? And her husband uh, walks past in his pants, and then he realizes. No, I'll I'll send that to you. It's hilarious, and she is just like beside herself. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of that gone on this week. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just the what? look on his face when he the look on his face when he realizes, and then the look on her face when she realizes. It's just atrocious. <laughs> but anyway. What about next week then, Johnny? Who's in danger next week? Who's in danger next week? Well, I've got quite a few that I was thinking of. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Donald Trump is in danger yeah. next week. There was a bit of a, as in this country, there's, there was a bit of a delay um, in coronavirus sort of hitting the, the US sort of majorly. And obviously now it really has. And New York this week has been completely ravaged by the coronavirus. Um, they're reporting that it might have perhaps slowed down, but nationally, coronavirus has really gripped America now, and the US um, has more. I think I believe the US has now more cases than any other country. Yeah, and you know, and unfortunately, the buck will stop with Donald Trump, or I, fortunately, perhaps, you know, and his statements throughout this have been absolutely moronic, you know, and, and so confused. Um, and again, a bit like Boris, it would appear throughout that unlike in other countries, Trump has completely put the economy first. And he keeps saying that we're going to be open by Easter. That's completely mad. Like if he is, if he's hell bent on opening, you know, ending a lockdown by Easter, that basically means that he doesn't give, you know, he doesn't give a toss about people's health and it's all about the economy. And if that happens, what you will see is, you know, more and more people get the virus and possibly, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, innocent people dying because of, because of his sort of obsession with, with capitalism, basically. And, you know, and I, and I think there will come a point where Trump will come into real, real trouble from the, from the population. And, you know, I already know quite a lot of Americans are absolutely completely critical even quite apolitical Americans, very critical of Trump's dealing with it. And, really? and I think he is, a bit like Boris here, he is really going to get the blame for it. And, 
you know, and, and deservedly so. Yeah, I think he's like also the US healthcare system, which obviously he's done nothing to to sort of try and sort out or, you know, and constantly slagged off Medicare, which was only a, a, te- a sort of halfway house solution anyway. I yeah. don't know, I just thought it was a story of a kid in California, 19 or California, who, you know, turned up with all the symptoms at a hospital and they turned him away because he couldn't pay, he couldn't pay the required fees for his medical care. So he died of coronavirus because he couldn't afford not to die of coronavirus, basically. And yeah, I'll tell you, and I'm sure there are loads of stories like that, and and it, and, it, and it's terrifying, and you know, and, and it pains me to say it, but this this crisis and this disease is probably the biggest argument for socialism, you know, you could ever have, yeah. because it's completely revealing the true nature of neoliberalism, yeah, and and capitalist societies, indeed. Couldn't agree more. So, who's in danger for you next week? Uh, the UK. I think we're we're on the curve. I'm scared. I'm worried. <laughs> um, there's, not, there's not been enough testing done. The NHS is underprepared. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this week the shit really might hit the fan, and I'm a bit worried about it really. So, I think we're very much in danger next week, and I just I hope by some miracle that, you know, it doesn't hit here as hard as it's hit some other European countries. Um, but um, unfortunately, the likelihood is that it will. And that we're going to see a sharp spike in um, cases and deaths. And it's all going to be a bit horrific, really. So, yeah, let's hope for a miracle and hope that doesn't happen. But, um, yeah, I think we're in a bit of danger this week. The mortality rate in this country has increased very, very fast. And the scary thing is, I think, I think there was a lot of sort of, what's the word, I think a lot of, a lot of people weren't worrying quick enough because the death rate in Italy was always so much higher. But, but now it's clear that we're sort of two or three weeks behind Italy and our, and our sort of mortality rate starting to accelerate. Yep. I mean, I was one of those people, to be fair. I wasn't taking it seriously enough. Um, I just didn't, I just, I don't know, I guess it's a mixture of sort of arrogance and so I guess we've had sort of similar crises before and they haven't quite reached here and I just kind of thought, oh, you know, it won't, it won't really take off here. It's not, and yeah, obviously couldn't have been more wrong, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think we're in danger this week and I really pray and fingers crossed, everything crossed that, you know, Yeah, fingers crossed people. We managed to, you know, smash the curve yeah let's hope so let's hope so okay so this is the part of the show where we ask the question of the week obviously as you will know we've had a bit of difficulty in recent weeks because you know the news hasn't really changed that much <laughs> so this is a sort of twist on an older question so we've asked before what would you like to what would you like to put in quarantine and we've now got a, a slightly similar question the question is if you have to self-isolate with someone any person Preferably a celebrity that we know about. Who would it be? So, my, my, you can kick off. Oh, um, a lot of answers that spring to mind there. I think I'll go yeah. for a, <laughs> I think I'll go for a safe one. Um, Gil Scott Heron. Um, in times of crisis, he is he's my go-to guy. Um, 
been listening to loads of his music. Uh, I bought his film on DVD, Black Wax, which if people haven't seen it, it's just an absolute musty film. Um, there's so much in his music. Uh, I particularly recommend the live album. It's come out in multiple versions, but it's from, I think, 1981, he did a concert in Germany. And as incredible as the songs are, it's the bits in between the stories. There's not many people that can tell stories in that. So to be honest, I'd just like to have a week with him, self-quarantined, chatting shit. He can play some tunes, I can listen. Uh, he can do some poems, I can listen. Um, he can smoke a few joints, I don't know, uh, have a few beers and whatever else. But no, just... Um, He's such an inspirational person and someone that I definitely go to in the times of crisis. So um, he's someone who I, I wouldn't mind self-isolating with. RIP, obviously. Um, there's loads of great material out there on YouTube, loads of concerts, loads of um, uh, documentaries about him and stuff. So if you don't know him that well, and Spotify. This concert that I'm talking about is on Spotify. It's a couple of hours long. and I don't think there's too many things you can listen to that would be as uh, sort of comforting but also thought-provoking at the same time as, uh, as that uh, concept. So that's who I'd like to self-isolate with. How about you, Johnny? That sounds good. Uh, well, I'm also going to say say someone who's unfortunately no longer with us. As obviously all the cinemas are closed at the moment, there's no new films coming out. A lot of the films will be on streaming services, as I, which I'll probably mention later. So the person that I really want to self-isolate with, if I had to, would be the legendary Marvel Comics creator, Stan Lee. Um, because we could create some comics together, he could draw, draw some comics, write some comics, keep me entertained. As everyone knows, I'm a bit of a comic book nerd. So I would love, you know, I'd love, you know, what a great guy and inspirational guy he was. And some fantastic sayings he used to have, like, enough said, and things like that. Um, and, you know, brilliant. So I'd love to spend some time with him during this quarantine, learn to draw, which I think would be brilliant. I, as a kid, I always used to buy like those like sort of like drawing books or like how to draw the Marvel way, all that kind of stuff. And I would be good at it and then I would just lose interest and I would never quite perfect it. So maybe this would be, should be my time to finally become a, a comic book illustrator. Um, Legend. Writer. So I'd love to quarantine with, with Stan Lee and maybe, you know, we could write some Spider-Man comics together. Um, that would be really fantastic. So, yes, so it's unfortunately, I can't really say that there's anything you should check out of Stanley, except, yeah, if you've got comics, read them. And also, just read in general. This is a great time to like, we all get books. I'm pretty sure we all get books for our birthdays and Christmases. I sound awful saying this, I sound like a real killjoy. But, but and, and, and I know if you're like me, you never really get around to reading a lot of them because, you know, life is busy. And so, this is a fantastic, fantastic time to get reading and read read books and, and it also allow you to sort of escape from you know where we the situation we're in so read some books read some fiction read some non-fiction you know whatever you're into get reading i've let myself down a bit on that front so far i said you know i'm going to read loads going to read loads i think i've barely read anything and too much i've spent too much time on social media that's one big danger of this age i think is Spending yeah. time scrolling on your phone, like, I just I found myself becoming addicted to it again. I think over Christmas and stuff, I turned it all off and turned off all that stuff and just stopped doing it for a while. And I felt so good for it. And then 
obviously I've sort of it's crept back in and then in the last sort of ten days just I think it's gone mad I'm waking up and just start scrolling straight away and just thinking, No, what am I doing? But yeah, so I think that's one of the dangers of this time. Definitely, I definitely know that feeling. And I think it was the same for me when I just started, but I've just started to get reading again and I've got I can as I look at like sit here now recording, I can see loads of books I still need to read. Some books about football, some wonderful fiction books, and I hope to read them all. By the end of all this. We'll see. Wicked, you got any other danger before we're out? Yeah, we've got some any other danger. Well, I've got two things. First of all, if you've watched te- television the last few weeks, you'll know that the streaming services, of which there are several, have been out in force doing their adverts because they're going to make a killing for all of this. Today, I think I saw about five Disney Plus adverts in about an hour's worth of program. And, you know, it's incredible. It's loads of people are going to be buying subscriptions to Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, Now TV, all those kind of things. And because obviously people are bored and they need entertainment, they need stuff to watch. And there's some great, great programming on all of those, on all of those uh, apps. So, you know, they're making a real killing from this. So... You know, even in, you know, unfortunately, there's loads of businesses that aren't making any money, but in a weird way, the big businesses are still making money. Yeah. That is one of the major problems of this whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. It feels as though the largest businesses are just sort of hoovering up. It's going to be perfect for them to sort of hoover up smaller ones and just knock the sort of competition out of the market. Totally, totally. Um, the other, any other danger I was going to mention is that being at home and being sort of confined a little bit, you do end up finding things that you probably haven't seen in like 10 years or plot, you know, over 10 years. I've come across a lot of things that I haven't seen in my house for a long time, a lot of personal items, oh, yeah. uh, out of date condoms, for example. Um, but I've also found a poem. Unused, I hope. <laughs> completely unused. I've also found a, um, a poem which probably explains why they were unused the poem <laughs> um a very depressing poem that i wrote when i must have been about 16 or 17 and i realized that reading it now i realized how much i plagiarized joy division as i wrote it so yeah do you want me to read it yeah i want to hear it come on all right here i go <clears throat> here i am in darkness once loneliness grows I once had my boldness, now I'm just low. The moon calls every name, pain covers sound. I know I seem insane, but my screams are loud. Now I see perfection, her loveliness spreads. I need her intervention prior to my death. So this thought strangles me, kills mortal souls. Love in this clarity, love her when I'm old. It's not bad. Scream, screaming teenage tanks. Yeah, definitely. Abs- there was a lot absolutely of teenage tanks. I'm not, I'm not sure who it was about, but I'm sure that whoever that person was was probably not particularly happy I wrote a poem about that. It's quite morbid, it must be said. It was quite morbid, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so what's your, what's your any other danger? Two things. One is uh, a bit worried about newspapers. <laughs> Obviously, I don't. People probably are going. I haven't even checked, which obviously is probably a bad sign for well, just generally anyway. I'm not sure how many people of our generation 
even read newspapers anymore. But I just feel like this might be the final sort of uh, death knell for newspaper for the printed press. And well, I don't think that's a good thing, really. Um, I know the newspapers obviously cause a lot of damage in this country and put around a lot of shit. But at the same time, I think it's important to have, um, you know, a free printed. I think the fact that it's printed is important. So I certainly think newspapers are a bit in danger. And secondly, it's not really, well, it's kind of a dangerous program. I don't know. It's a great program that I'm watching um, called Babylon Berlin. It's German. It's actually made by Sky, which is the downside. But um, it's sort of about Berlin and uh, all the different uh, areas of power, be it the judiciary, the police, the politicians, the gangsters, the Nazis, um, all sort of jostling for position in, well, it's, we're currently in 1929, so it's sort of in the run-up to um, uh, the takeover by the Nazis. And um, really, it's just good TV. Um, it's got a bit of everything. Um, and yeah there's something a bit dangerous about it and i just think if you're looking for something to watch i'm sure I'm sure you can get around sky and find some streams for it somewhere if you're, if you're looking for something to watch i highly recommend it it's fascinating tv fascinating drama sure sounds good sounds good get watching guys right well i guess that brings us to the end of uh quarantine episode one special edition yeah that Thank you for listening, guys, and we'll endeavour to be back recording next week. So okay. please look out, look out for our next episode, episode six. That will be episode episode six, episode two of the quarantine. It's like a in mini the, series. In the meantime, look after yourselves and stay home, stay safe, stay dangerous. Peace. <laughs>